Hey, uh, I'm excited about this new series. Uh, this is, I think, the third week that we're in it. And it's really, why are we doing this? It's, it's important for everyone to know where we're going, who we are, what we're doing, why we do what we do. Uh, the very first week, I talked about why we do what we do at Heart of the City Church, from live recording to a ladies' retreat, father's market, clothing closet, Someone came to me last night and says, you guys do a lot here. And that's absolutely the truth because of all of you and everyone's involvement. But there's one primary reason why we do what we do. And I need you to shout that out right now. Love. We do what we do because we love. We give because we love. We preach the gospel because we love. We make disciples because we love. Come on, Generation Church, you name it. It is all the reach the nations. It's all because we love. So I started out the first week with the why, because it's important for us to know why we do what we do. And uh, last week we talked about uh, just a whole different area, different areas, why, what we believe in. We talked about why the Bible is 100% the perfect word of God and why we, we base all of our belief on that, the, the foundational belief system of who we are as the Bible and what Jesus has done for us. That, that's the founding truth of who we are. And so we talked about what we, we believe. Today I want to talk to, to you about what we do, what we do. So if you would stand with me, I'd just love to kind of start us off on this little mantra, if you want to say, mo motto of, uh, it's, it's, the series is called W because W is a win. I believe because of Jesus living inside of you, you're a winner. And that's all there is to it. And so greater is he that is in me that he is in the world. But if you would put up our little mantra right there, I want to begin. If you would say this with me on the count of three, that would be wonderful. One, two, three. We believe in who we are, what we do, where we are, and why we do. Let's do that one more time. We believe in who we are, what we do, where we are going, and why we do. I actually made a mistake. We're not talking about what we do. We're going to do that next week. This week we're talking about who we are. And I want to talk about, I, I was trying, in my mind, this honestly should be two sermons because I want to begin with who we are as individuals. Just to kind of a, a nutshell on that. And then who we are as a church. And honestly, after preaching it last night, it is two sermons. But I kind of, kind of I'm going to try to get through it today because I think it's important for us to know who we are. And out of that, it's who we are as a church. And so pray with me right now as we dive into God's word. Father, we thank you so much for your word, that we live by your word. We don't live by just bread or, or manna, but we live by your word. Every word that's spoken from your mouth, every word in your logos, Father. And I ask that you would just distribute, you would touch lives, you would transform us this morning. You would renew our minds. Help us to think like you think. Help us to believe what you tell us to believe. Help us to stand on the truth. Let your truth transform us today in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, you may be seated. I want to start out with who am I? I told you last week that in 2017, Facebook had uh, 70, in 2017, Facebook had 71 choices for gender. Uh, why is that important? Because the creator, the maker of the heaven, and maker of the heavens and earth, the one who knew you in your womb, uh, he has two, male and female. 
And so it's important that we always go back to first mentions and, and the truth of, of who we really are. And sometimes it's very easy to get confused or never know who you are for a few reasons. I think one reason is because of trauma that happens in people's life and tragedies that happen in people's life, different things of how we're raised, lies of the enemy. The enemy comes, he does very good at what he does. He's a liar and the father of lies, and we believe these lies, and we get confused of who we are, and you're not the first one that gets confused with who you are. It goes way back when, from the very beginning. I want to mention one of the, the guys that I look up to, but who struggled with who he was, and his name is Moses, and it says this in Exodus 3.11, I think it's going to be behind me. Here we go, Moses, God's calling him into his God-given destiny. Every person in this room has a specific destiny that God wants you to walk in. Moses had a specific destiny that God wanted him to walk in. Moses was not fulfilling that yet. God was calling him out to get him to go back in to do what God called him to do. The reason, destiny. Let me define destiny. You ready? Why you are sucking air on earth. I, I, that's, that's, that's PJO's desti- uh, definition, but I think it's a good definition. Why, you are so, why are you here? Who are you and why do you exist? And so we jump right into the story. God is trying to convince Moses to go do what God wants him to do while he was sucking air on earth. And so it goes this way, verse 11. But Moses protested God. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? How many of you know that God knew exactly who Moses was? How many of you know that God knew who he was while he formed him in his mother's womb? God stamped him with his destiny. And Moses is the problem here. You'll find out a lot of times when it comes to who you are in Christ, one of your greatest problems is you. Really is. You're one problem, and then there's another group of people that we're going to get to is a problem. But we should always look to who God says you are, and that's where the problem ceases. But so many times we deal with about six inches between our ears that impact who we are, and we listen to voices around us that impacts who we are when we don't really listen to the voice in God's word who says who you are. So Moses, I think that uh, every man, every woman deals, uh, even a believer, even an unbeliever deals with this question of who I am, and I think Moses, uh, it began really early with him. Moses was born into absolute tragedy, total drama, total chaos. Here, every Israelite little boy was to be killed, and Moses was born into that. Can you imagine the drama? Can you imagine uh, even the, the drama in the womb? If you don't think drama can happen in the womb, I want to tell you right now, I don't agree with you, because God, he forms us in the womb, uh, John the Baptist leapt in the womb. 
And I think the womb is very, very important. And I think Moses was affected in the womb. And so here he is, he's born, and guess what? They begin to raise Moses up. And what's the first, one of the, one of the first thing that Moses uh, is impacted by is, Moses to me is the first original basket case. <laughs> he's the original. I don't know if it came from that, but I'm thinking it probably did. Because they make a little basket for him, and they put him in the river, and all of a sudden Pharaoh's daughter ends up with Moses, and here he is. He's born a slave. He's born into slavery. He is a servant. All these different things is going on in Moses, and before you know it, he goes from slavery into Egypt, prince, royalty, broke to rich, uneducated, to educated, all these different things going on inside of in Moses' life. Let us fast forward a little bit. He starts coming into manhood. He, 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 he sees uh, one, of the, one of his brothers being taken advantage of, and before you know it, he murders. Now, these are people that we look up, into, uh, we look up to every day. How many know that Moses was a murderer? You need to hear that. Okay, and uh, the word gets out, he becomes, becomes very fearful, and he runs for his life. So he's not just a murderer, but he's on the most wanted list. There's Moses on the uh, milk carton. There he is in the post office. Moses, fugitive, vagabond. I don't know if there was a reward back in those days, but this is the Moses that we're talking about and Moses is really struggling with his identity. I mean, who am I? Why, why do I? And now, God, he, he's been on the backside of the desert for 40 years. He's a shepherd, marries a lady, father-in-law. All these things are happening in his life. God begins to speak to him through a burning bush, so forth. All these things, I mean, really crazy things happening in Moses' life. And God is trying to get Moses to go back to actually fulfill why God created him. Didn't create him just to be a shepherd. Didn't create him just to be a slave or prince. God created Moses to be the great deliverer. You may be doing many things in your life right now, this, that, and the other. You may have four businesses. My question to you is, do you know why you exist. It's important that you're fulfilling what God's called you to do. I don't think you'll ever fully know who you are until you're walking in what God's called you to do. Moses did not know who he was at like uh, 80 years old. It wasn't until I believe he began to do exactly what God called him to do, to walk out his destiny. And as he walked out his destiny, I think it was unveiled to him, hey, you're honestly the greatest deliverer of all time. He would have never, never done that on himself. He would have never. God had to really push him in order for him to walk out his destiny. If you, you can come to church every Sunday and be wonderful Christians and wonderful people, but I'm telling you, I believe 
You have a God-given destiny from the womb that God wants you to walk in. But you, I don't think you'll ever find out who you fully are until you're walking in that. There's a point in time where you've got to step out the boat. There's a point in time where you have to follow Jesus in that destiny. There's a point in time where you have to renew your mind according to the word of God. You need to do brain surgery. Jay, I do brain surgery on myself. Absolutely. With a scalpel? No, something way more sharper than a scalpel. The Word of God, sharper than any two edges, sharper than any surgical scalpel that you could ever, sharper than a razor, come on, a razor, sharper than buck knives, charades, you name it, is sharper than any of that. And it's able to go in. I'm not talking about separating your lobes. I'm talking about that word of God will get inside of you and you begin to renew your mind according to what God calls you to be and according, hearing what he calls you to be. Uh, truth over facts and feelings. If you just rely on facts and feelings, I got news for you. Don't trust your feelings. You trust your feelings, you're going to be all over the place. I'll be all over the place. When I trust my feelings, I'm about as stable as water. Facts? I can't trust facts? I find that facts change. It's according to who you're talking to. But you can rely on the truth of God's word to tell you who you are. You mean I shouldn't listen to my mom and dad? Well, if their opinion lines up with God's word, yes. But if it doesn't, I wouldn't listen. Now, I'm not saying being disrespectful to your mom and dad. I'm just saying they could have some opinions that doesn't line up with God's word. Like you're no good. Like you're never going to be anything. Like, 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 uh, 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 whatever. We have to listen to God's word. Amen. Moses is struggling with this and he protests his God. What, what if they don't, he says this in Exodus 4.1. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? Ah, 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 God, don't you know how ah, ah, slow it's speech? God's like, hey, who made your mouth? You, you don't think I know your weak? You don't think that God knows your weaknesses, church? <laughs> Man, he's made strong. He's great. He... He is glorified in your weakness. He's not glorified through the strength of horses or, or your, 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 your great strong person personality. God is glorified through our weaknesses. He knows exactly what your weaknesses are this morning. I read this and I thought it was beautiful. Aspen Soul Care says this. Maybe you're wrong about you. Selah, let me, let me sink that in for a minute. Maybe you're wrong about you. Moses was. Maybe you're wrong about you. Maybe you're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you do right. You're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you. Maybe you're wrong about you. 
You may be born prone with the DNA, prone this way, predisposition to this. Well, my, my mother did it, my grandmother did it, my great-grandmother did it. They always did that. They all, that's just me. I got news for you. Let me tell you right now. Let me put light on that. I believe that is secular thinking. It's not Bible thinking. And you need to, hey, I get it. We have a DNA. I totally got that. I understand that. But because of God's word, man, it's my predisposition, Jay. This is how, this is what was meant for me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. When God gets involved in your life and God's word is involved with your life and with what Jesus has done for you and I, you don't have to do what your great, great grandmother or great, great granddaddy did or they had this feeling or I think I feel this way, so I'm this way. I'm going to tell you right now, all because of the blood of Jesus, that all changes. And because of God's word coming in, sharper than any two-edged sword, is able to change all your feelings and all the, all the path. You, you, that, listen, God can do that by his powerful, powerful word. Now, it takes work on your end. It takes work on my end. But I have, I, just in my own personal life, I feel like, man, since I decided, you know, I'm going to just step out of the boat. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do my best to renew my mind. I'm going to do brain surgery on me through his word. Then I feel like the more I can do that, the more I know who I am in Jesus Christ. Don't allow you to continue to get in, in the way of you. Are you with me this morning? You're kind of quiet. Are you feeling me? You can be quiet as long as you're getting it. Okay? So, you can be a problem for you. And then there can be another group of people that's a problem for you. Okay? Who's the group of people? I don't know. It could be any group. But if what they're saying is not what God says, they're a problem. Okay? So let me show you. Jesus was faced with this. If you would turn with me to uh, Luke 4, 20 through 22. This is the day that Jesus is in the temple. It's his turn to read, and he reads, and this is what's said about him. Listen to what it says, Luke 4, 20 through 22. It says, then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And look, 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 at, look at this. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. I want to let you know, you call yourself a Christian in this day and time. All eyes are fixed on you, wherever you are, in your workplace, your attitude, the way that you act, the what you say, how your countenance, every, all eyes are fixed on you in this day and time if people know that you are born again. They, they fix their eyes on Jesus. They said a couple of positive things. Look what it says. And he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him. Look. Look, look, and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. They marveled at Jesus, but then look what they said. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Is this, is, 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 I mean, come on, gracious, is cool words, but is this not just ordinary Joseph's son? And how many of you know that Jesus was not ordinary Joseph's son? How many of you know that that was Jesus, Son of God, God in the flesh, 
reading this. Why do you say that, J.O.? Because it's so, it's so, it's so easy to listen to the report of everyone around you. Oh, that's just Stephen. Oh, 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 that's just Bobby. Oh, that's just, that's just rating. Oh, you know this. And you can just receive a report, just an ordinary report, whenever that's not really. Listen, people may see you that way, and even you may see you that way, but that's not ever how God sees you. Because God takes his spirit, he breathes inside of you, and you go from being an ordinary human being to an extraordinary supernatural being for Jesus Christ. Somebody say supernatural. Somebody say extraordinary. Listen to what extraordinary means. Very unusual or remarkable. And I believe you're to be both of those. Look at one of your neighbors right now and say, you are very unusual. <laughs> Look at one more and say, you are remarkable. <laughs> That's exactly. Moses was not ordinary. He's extraordinary. Jesus was not ordinary. He was extraordinary. You are not ordinary you are extraordinary because of him who lives inside of you you can't listen to everyone oh isn't that just joseph's son i got news for you for you to walk in who god's called you to be in your god-given destiny you need to listen to what god's word says about you not what you say about you not what your feelings say definitely not your feelings about you do not follow your feelings. Maybe facts, as long as facts line up with God's truth, but at the end of the day, you build on, you be a wise master builder of your own life. Definitely whatever you do, don't follow your feelings. They'll fake you out every time. You follow the word of God. Truth is what sets people free. Build on the truth of God's word. And I tell you what, I believe that you, and, and listen to this, here, here's the kicker. You gotta, there's one day where you got to quit just playing church and you got to step out of the boat. You got to walk in your God. I believe as you walk towards your God-given destiny, you, God reveals to you. We walk not by faith. We do walk by faith. Not by sight. We walk by faith. As you walk by faith, I believe it's revealed who you are in Jesus Christ. Did you follow that? That's important. Now, I want to give you five quick things that I, you can look up who I am in Christ, and I, I bet you, you'll find 98 verses, 96 verses. You can go online. All these different, I just want to give you five real quick things that I believe that you are in Christ. First of all, number one, you're new. Everyone say new. I don't feel new. I don't care. I don't look new. I don't care. Joe, have you looked in the mirror? I don't care. My joints don't feel new. I don't care. I believe God's word over everything. I don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen, for the things which are seen are temporal, and the things which are unseen are eternal. You don't fix your eyes on this. You fix your eyes on God's word. You are a new creature in Jesus Christ. Amen. Is that what the word of God says? You better believe it. Listen to what it says. Therefore, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's me. 
That's you. If you're in Christ, you, if you're not in Jesus Christ today, you can be a new creation in him. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Doesn't matter what you feel like. Doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what they say. Oh, ordinary Joe. You're not ordinary. Doesn't matter what you inside of you is telling you, I can't do this. God's telling Moses, I'm with you. I will be with you. I will certainly be with you. And Moses is still struggling. He will certainly be with you. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ. Everyone said amen. amen. Number two, you're a child of God. Do you know, here's the, everybody's on their rights kick. I got the right, I got the right. Here, here's some good rights for you. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. You know what your rights is? You have the right to become a son or a daughter of God. That's who you are if Christ lives inside of you. Number three, you're no longer slaves any longer. You're not a, you don't have to be a slave to sin. You don't have to be a slave to addiction. You don't have to be a, a you're, you're no longer a slave because why? You're a son and daughter of God. Number four, you've been redeemed. How many of you know uh, the big, uh, um, the money thing that's been going on? 1.6 billion. Lottery. Everyone say Lottery. 1.6 billion. How many of you have seen that? One point. You think that's a lot. I understand. Somebody in Kentucky, I think one part of it or what have you. But I'm going to tell you right now, he paid way more for you. 1.6 billion doesn't touch what Jesus did for you and I. You know what redeem means? He paid full ransom for you. The devil was holding out and God said, hey, I'll pay the full ransom for them. He paid full ransom for you. Redeem means bought back. He bought you back. Fully paid, stamped, owned, Jesus, property, amen. Number five, say this, chosen. I remember being in those basketball lines and it's like, you know, white, short, not very athletic, little athletic. And it's like, you want to be chosen first, and people got, they got, they got hops. And yeah, sometimes I get chosen a little earlier, but it's according to who's there. And you're, you're like, man, I hope they pick me for, for, for uh, uh, what, what's our Thanksgiving thing called? Turkey, I hope they pick me for turkey ball. And you're kind of last in line right there, you know what I'm saying? And that's not how Jesus views you. You were chosen. You're first on his list. Every one of you are first on the list of God. You are, say, say this with me, I was chosen. You're not 30th in the pick. You're not 495th in the pick. You were chosen. I want to do this on, in honor of Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message translation, who went to be with Jesus Christ. And so this is what it says in 1 Peter 2.9. But you are the once chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instrument to do his work and speak out for him to tell others of the night and day different uh, he made for you. Everyone say chosen. chosen. Say this with me. I am, I am chosen. chosen. Now, you, preach that a little bit right there. Say that with me again. I am, I am chosen. chosen. 
naughty, naughty, naughty on you if you sat there with your lips flapped. Just like, That's a powerful declaration right there. Sometimes you need to just walk around. You know what some of you need to do? You need to walk around about 100 times a day and say, I am a mighty man of God. I am a mighty man of God. You need to renew your mind. You need to do brain surgery. I'm a mighty, ladies, what would you say? Come on. Yes. Amen. Those are the truths. Those are the truths of who you are. Amen. Who we are as a body of Christ. Take the last few moments and talk to you about Heart of the City Church. We are a local body. We are a community of believers. We are the church of the living God. We are the bride. We're the woman of God. Listen to the scripture, Ephesians 3.10. God's purpose in all this way, to use the church. Everyone say the church. For why? To display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Come on. God uses his church to reach a hurting and fallen world. God is building one thing on the earth today, and it's his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. If you're part of the church, you're part of the, of, of the most dynamic thing on the face of the earth. Ecclesia. Anybody ever heard of that word before, Ecclesia? You're called out. He's called you. He called you out of the world. He called you out of darkness. He called you out of a bad attitude. He called you out of, out of sin. He called you out, and he's put you in a family of God called the church. You're the uh, uh, Ecclesia. I, I loved it whenever our brother Eric Butler, he, just going off at the sound, we're a city on a hill that cannot be shaken. How many of you remember that from the sound? We're the called out ones. Called out. If you don't know if you're called out, I, I say give your life to Christ today and be part of the called out. He calls, he calls us out. Who we are, we are a, number one, a gospel-centered church. Say that with me. Gospel-centered church. Thank you. The gospel's got to be the center. It's got to be the first in everything that we do at Heart of the City Church. There should be a gold thread through every city group, through every ministry at Heart of the City Church, from the nursery up to the children's, up through the young adults and youth, and all the way from the womb to the tomb, there should be a gold thread. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are a gospel-centered church. Why? Because Jesus was all about the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. Do you know what changes everything? Jesus changes everything. Jesus changed. If he's the center and first in your life, he's going to change everything. Why is my, why is my, why is my, 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 my marriage still jacked up? He needs to be the center and the first in your marriage, in your business, in everything that you do. We're a gospel-centered church because Jesus will change a marriage, an individual, a school, a nation, and a city. You name it, God will change it if he's the center of it all. This was uh, Jesus' mission statement, Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Guess what? If it's Jesus' mission, 
It has to be your mission if you call yourself a believer. We're here to seek and save that which was lost. Look what the message says. I love this. It says, for the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. Aren't you glad that Jesus found you and restored your life? We're here to make it hard for people to go to hell in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We're, we want to make it hard. Hard. And I look at that obituary, it's like, how are we doing? Make it hard for people to go to hell. And we can do that as we're Christ-centered, a gospel-centered. We're getting ready to have a meeting at Craig and Jess's tonight at 530 to talk about new campus downtown. Why? Because we believe that we're going to see a tithe of the city come be part of Heart of the City Church, and we're gonna, we plan to uh, plant a new campus downtown in the future. Why? We want to reach our city. We ain't playing games about this, yo. Are you feeling me? We want to reach our city. We're a gospel-centered church. Number two, we're a house of hope. Say that with me, house of hope. House of hope. I hope that every time I preach, I might stir you. You may get a little spit mad at me sometimes. That's all good. But I hope you walk out of here with hope. Why? Because I want to wrap every sermon in hope. Why? Because God is a God of hope. He wants to fill you with hope. Touch this earth, touch this world, touch CDA with hope. There's so many things that are hopeless now. Just turn on the TV. Oh, my goodness. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, right now, they need hope. That synagogue. Florida, what's going on? Bomber, all the craziness. Crazy, crazy. People need hope today. Listen to what the Bible says. Now, may the God of hope, he's the God of what? He's the God of what? Guess what he wants to do? Fill you with all joy, peace, and believing that you may abound. He wants you to abound. What's that abound mean? Super abound. Just like running over with hope. He wants you to abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to, listen, you don't have to be an addict any, any longer. You don't have to have a broken marriage any longer. Come on. You don't have, I, I, I believe that God wants to touch life. He heals. Listen, we had a lady last week come up right here for, for healing. She had a growth on her pancreas, and Dorinda prayed for her, and it could be anyone. It could be anyone just willing to take a step of faith and pray for someone. And then she went, got scanned, and found out that there was no growth on her pancreas. When she got prayed for, all the pain left. Come on. J.O., J.O., now listen. Come on now, J.O. Listen, 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 J.O. You really believe in miracles? I mean, I don't believe in miracles. Well, it's too stinking late. Come on now. It's too late. We believe in miracles. This is not the first miracle. God is the God of miracles. He's a God of signs and wonders. Come on, he wants to heal. He wants to do all these. You got problem, mental illness, PTSD, you name it, ADHD, anxiety, panic attacks, OCD, you, bipolar. You, you got a you name for it? I got a name for it. Every knee will bow at the name of, every knee will bow at the name of, of Jesus. Come on, we have hope. You, 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 used to, you used to deal dope? Well, now you can deal hope. Amen. Well, my granddaddy dealt dope, and my great-great-granddaddy, and my, my uncle, and my whole family dealt dope. What did I tell you? Do brain surgery with the Word of God, and you don't have to be, you can be a dealer of hope. Come on, you can change, you can change your family's life. God wants to use you to reach your family. Amen.
We're also a house of, number three, a house of honor. We honor all people. I don't care your background, your color, where you're coming from, rich, poor, millionaire, welfare. We want to honor you. You're a single mom, we honor you. You're a first responder, we honor you. You're a single dad, we honor you. You're old, we honor you. You're young, we honor you. We don't despise the youth here. We're a generational church. Come on. The Bible says, 1 Peter 2, 17, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. We first begin with honoring the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We honor God. We honor him with our worship. We honor him with our praise. We try to bring our best praise and our best worship. We honor God, I believe, with our first. I believe first is a beautiful principle in the Bible. What do you mean first? I really want to give God my very first part of the morning. I want, to, I, I want God to know that he's my first love. Do you know the, 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 the New Testament church changed from worshiping on a Saturday to a Sunday, the first day of the week, very first. I believe we're to bring our, our, our very first fruits to Jesus. Are we under a law of tithe? No, we're not under a law, but I would say we're definitely under a principle. I live by principle. And I believe it's a beautiful principle. I believe in tithe. I believe in first fruits. All these. Why? Because, man, I want to honor the Father. I want to honor the church. We want to honor all people. We are a house of honor. Amen. We are a house, number four, for the poor and the broken. Why specifically would you say poor and broken? Well, first of all, every one of us are broken. If you're not broken, please stand up. I need to get to know you. I haven't found somebody yet not broken. Now, how about poor? There's something in the Bible, in the heart of the Father, that he is for the poor. Old Testament, New Testament, He's for the broken, and he's for the broke. And this house is for those poor, broken. I could give you scripture. Paul is challenged with this, Galatians 2.10. They're challenging Paul in his ministry. Make sure you do this, Paul. Their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. Proverbs, he who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. Amen? We're a house for the poor. We do a thanksgiving offering coming up. It all goes out of this church. Not one dime stays here. Near and far. You'll hear more about that. But we want to help people in need. Last one, number five, we're a house full of grace and truth. What do you mean by that, J.O.? Well, I believe Jesus says he came full of grace and truth. He, we're not here to kick your teeth in with truth. Jesus didn't mow people down with truth. With a woman caught in adultery, he could, by the law, pick up a stone and crush her head. But you know what he did? He extended grace. We're full of grace and truth. To me, it's a church full of life. Jesus interacted with people 
and he interacted full of grace and truth. We know truth is important because we don't, we don't pull back on truth, but I want to let you know, if you mow people down with truth, kick their teeth out with truth, I'm going to tell you right now, they won't receive you. But we're called to be salt and light. Salt, flavor, now salt, you put it in a, in a cut, what's it going to do? It burns a little bit. I might burn you with truth a little bit, but when we do it in love. I remember being a preacher on the street, Radine, my first date with Radine was preaching on the streets of Arcata. And man, I didn't see a lot of fruit because I was kicking people's teeth in with truth most of the time, mowing them down. And then all of a sudden I heard from Ed Sabolsa, an evangelist, he talked about the scripture full of grace and truth and it just really touched my life is that God, Jesus came full of grace and truth. The grace allows people to be able to receive from you. And then that truth gets in their heart and it changes them forever. We're a church of, I call it the spirit of Jesus. Why was so many people following Jesus and attracted to Jesus? Because he was all about life. He could have kicked Zacchaeus' teeth in with truth. But he says, hey, come on down right here. I'm coming to your house today. What changes his heart was Jesus received Zacchaeus. Are you following me? We're a house full of grace and truth. Amen.